Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cousins for Christ, where we're just three cousins who like to get together and talk about Christ. Tonight, we're going to discuss a very sensitive subject. It's that of suicide. It's likely that we all know someone who's chosen to take their own life, and we're all aware of the pain and the anguish that's left behind in the wake of that decision. Tonight, we're going to try to explore what the Bible has to say about suicide and how during dark times of our lives, we can gain strength, courage, and inspiration from the Word of God. Uh, before we get started, this is a very sensitive topic. And at the beginning of our episode and at the ending, we're going to provide you with some suicide prevent prevention information. If you're suffering with depression, if you're considering suicide, if you've thought about harming yourself in any way, we would encourage you. You can call one 800 273 8255. You can also call the National Hope Line Network, which is 1-800-SUICIDE. You can also just dial 988, mm -hmm. the National Suicide <clears throat> Prevention Lifeline. Uh, here in Tennessee, through Tennessee.gov, there's a couple of resources. One is you can dial 855-CRISIS-1. Or you can text TN Tennessee to 741-741. I will also post some additional information up uh, on the Acorn Hill Church of Christ website. Um, but that's important. If you're thinking about hurting yourself, if you ever have, um, please get help. Please reach out to somebody. Always reach out. Let's start off, guys. I, uh, <clears throat> just some statistics to kind of set the tone for how prevalent a problem this is. Um, research I gathered indicates that over 703,000 people die by suicide each year, according to the World Health Organization. Suicide is among the leading causes of death worldwide. More people are dying from suicide than to malaria, to HIV, to AIDS, to breast cancer, to natural disasters, or wars, and homicide. And while these numbers are alarming, suicidal behavior is prevalent. For each reported suicide, data tells us that there are more than 20 suicide attempts. Chris, you had some information as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple that I found, or a few that I found today, that um, they kind of put it into perspective. Every minute a person attempts suicide. Every day, 70 Americans take their own lives, nearly three every hour. There are 24% more deaths by suicide than murder in the United States. In Los Angeles County alone, more people kill themselves than die in traffic accidents. Suicide is the 10th cause of adult death in the United States and the second cause among ages of people 10 to 24 years old. This is pretty heavy statistics. Very heavy. Very heavy. <clears throat> well, let me ask you a question. What's y'all's definition of suicide? That's something that needs to be heard. I think it's the willing, uh, willingly taking your own life. I agree. Ending your life. I mean, same. I think that's a really good way to put it. Just, okay. I mean, some things that I've seen put it in a in a very blatant term. It's it's called self murder. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to so, get into that. Uh, yeah. That it is a form. We can make the argument certainly that it is a form of murder. Correct. It is. It is. Let me just. Don't name names, but uh, do you guys know somebody that has taken their life? 
Um, all the way from a eight year old up until people my own age, I've I've had six six ex classmates and stuff wow. from oh, a yeah. school that that have taken their own lives yeah, in some form three, or fashion. We had three to four that took their lives in high school, and I worked with a guy for twenty years that took his life a couple years ago. And I I know a few as well. And it's sad, That's and and I want to say it's never a good thing if you're struggling with this. Please call one of these numbers. See a, a preacher, your preacher. See somebody you can trust. And for anybody out there, I'd like to say this too, because this, this happens quite a bit, especially in the past. I'm not saying it happens now because people take things a lot more serious. Is that if somebody comes to you, I don't care if they're joking, if you think they're joking or they're not Usually serious. they're not joking. That's true. <laughs> but take it like they're not joking. And find that person and take what they're saying to heart and that they mean it and – Let's talk because suicide's never the answer. It's oh, not, no. I had a I had a friend that um, I hadn't talked to in a long time, and just randomly I thought about him that day, and, and I just reached out to him, and you know he was going through some dark times, and, and like I said, I kind of lost touch with him, and he told me about a couple months later that you know that night he was he was sitting in his room and he was contemplating taking his life, hmm. and all I did was just text him, and he thought it was. It kind of got him. I hope it got him down a path of God, but he was like, you know, it's it something I needed. I hadn't heard from anyone or anything like that. And I just, I, I just reached out to him because I was like, oh, man, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder how he's doing. Well, that's nothing good. That's good. nothing indicated he was in trouble. Um, but just, just ask people how they are. It's, it's a simple question, and it's something people deal with. Everybody deals with, you know, depression and, and things like that. It's, there's nothing to be ashamed of about reaching out. You know, a lot of times people will joke about it, mm-hmm. and when they do that, Many times they're not really joking. Testing them. Testing now, yeah, I think maybe they're just wanting to see what, what people think about the it. The ideas in, in their head. They, they're saying it for some reason. What do they say? Like every joke has a, a percentage of truth in it. So Absolutely. It's it's a scary thing. And probably every single case that you guys are aware of and myself, the end result of that is the people who are left behind, uh, they're left with a lot of questions. <clears throat> There's a lot of pain and, uh, and sorrow. People wondering what they might have been able to do differently. And, and let me just start this out here, too. Like, when, we, when I was digging into this, this isn't something that just affects people outside of the church. Uh, through the numbers and, and things that I saw, it is a common problem, pretty equal, between people that, you know, classify themselves as Christians and, and say that they're non-religious. It, it's an equal number, so it affects, not, it's not just because you're in the church, it's done a problem that we have. Do you think it's a bigger problem <clears throat> for people who are outside the body of Christ than those uh, who are outside of it? Or I, people outside the body of Christ are more prone to that than people who are Christians? That's what I was trying to say. Maybe maybe this is a statement or, or, or something that might go into a little bit of my opinion on it, but I think true Christians, people that follow the Bible, know that there's a hope. That's good. Hope. There's a hope. Do you think people who who take their lives, that they've reached a point where there is no hope? They believe that there is nothing else left for them? I think that somebody that takes their own life has lost all hope. They're not in their right mind. It's a mental illness, and it's something that needs to be headed. And I'm not going to say they're not a true Christian because we've all hit rock bottom. You bet we have. And 
you know, it, it's a sad thing. We don't know where we're at. Because, you know, it's funny because you could look at somebody on the side of the street. You know how many homeless people are there are in America right now? And at some point, somebody looked and said, oh, look, there's some homeless people. I'll never get that way. Yeah. And a year or two later, they might be out there. You don't know how you react. And I hope you never find out how you react until that moment hits where you're going through those things. Absolutely. I mean, it goes to the yeah. judge not unless you be judged. Yeah. That's big part of what we, we do I, I never try I always yeah. worry you can always worry that you're one step away from being in someone else's shoes it could easily. happen to you in a heartbeat I'll tell you right now depression's complicated those who suffer from it certainly wish that they didn't many times the people who are depressed there's they don't even understand why they're depressed they look around them like I got all these blessings why am I depressed uh, and what's sad is a lot of times you can't turn that off. Maybe some people can, some can't. But when you can't turn your mind off, uh, I think sometimes it just wears you down. It Have wears you ever you down. lived in your head? Oh. I, I sometimes, I probably went a good two years living in my own head. You, Tell us what you mean, what do you mean by you that know, like, specifically? Act everything out in your head oh. way before it ever happens. I thought that was normal, Jeremy. I do it, it every day. I know, but you, you don't go outside your head for anything, and you get trapped in your thoughts. And once you get trapped in there, sometimes you get locked away in there. you like quicksand. Yeah, it is. And, like, people have had people tell me, because I have struggled with social anxieties and, and, and want to be locked myself away, you know, in the past. Not so much since I've joined the church again, because I... You know, we'll get into that later. But um, sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, just call me when it happens. It doesn't, it's not that simple all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't, well, just the whole point, you don't want to be around people. Mm -hmm. You want to keep to yourself. You, you want to be isolated. Be, yes. And so it's it's very easy for me to tell Chris if something was to happen to him and say, oh, Chris, just call me. But sometimes Chris, not, and we're just speaking, and not really Chris, but I'm just using Chris. But sometimes it's, hard for him to like you know it'd be like oh i don't it's just not that simple it doesn't work that way i don't think there's anything simple about it no and i think unfortunately <clears throat> there's a stigma attached to depression mm -hmm. that may cause the depressed person to feel like they are um, some way inferior perhaps that, that, that they've got something wrong with them yeah, uh, when we look at these statistics <clears throat> a lot of people suffer we were just talking about suicide, suicide attempts. Does anybody have numbers on depression? And that doesn't necessarily have to be clinically diagnosed, but... No, I wish I had thought about that. Well, I'm going to guess that it's significantly higher than those people who um, have tried to commit suicide. The point is, I think depression, it's common. I think there's people we pass every day on the streets. There's people we're sitting beside on the pews at church who are suffering from this. I've suffered from depression. Well, you can look around too. And, and one of the stats that I saw, and I don't have the figure in front of me, but it's like a lot of times people that you would look at and think that their life is, is going a lot better than your own are struggling with something that, you know, a higher rate than people who didn't own a home or anything like that. The highest rate were people of that thing that had ownership or rented. People that owned the homes took their lives a lot more often. You know, we wow. don't think about the pressure. But if you look, you say, oh, he owns a home or she owns a home or, or anything like that. And you're like, well, they're living a good life. You don't know the struggles Chris, that's, that's going on inside. You make that. a good point in that 
a lot of times people will put on a facade. Mm-hmm. They will, uh, things are not always what they seem, is, I guess is what I'm trying to no, say. They, uh, they may have uh, tried to create an image for you to view. What's actually going on behind the scenes could be totally opposite of what we're being led to believe. But And I think a struggle with that too is that people that have all those things and life's going well, they may look internally while this happens too and be like, well, there should be nothing wrong with me. I've got everything going for me, but okay. I still have this this thing. And I think part of that too, and it might be what <clears throat> is is the lead into where the where the Bible comes in. So what's your part. we're gonna talk really quick here in a moment about what's the Bible say, but just to follow up on your last point, Chris, just because you have material possessions, that does not equate to fulfillment. And happiness. Well, if anything, so. from what I saw in the statistics, the people that live more worldly, that have more worldly possessions, are the ones more likely to take mm-hmm. their lives. That's And that's based <clears throat> off statistics. Uh, we can put up what we found on the website, so you just don't think I'm just talking. But it was, when they did the demographics of this, it was, it, it were the, the people that were, that you would seem had more, mm-hmm. more worldly but you really can't always predict just by looking no, at somebody. No, there was there was uh, no prediction. It was like like I said, you that may lead to the to reinforce the need for us to be to have empathy with people and to not be judgmental because we don't always know what's going on. And I think the conversation that we're about to get into or the you know, a lot of people say they're Christians, but you know, they don't really follow that life and that leads to well, separation. You so. said but for the grace of God go I and mm-hmm. for Christians that really does mean something because if it wasn't for God's grace there's no telling where we would wind up so we're going to move this so we've identified what this is a real problem it affects a lot of people it's a very serious problem and again uh, we'll probably stress this multiple times but if you're if, if you're feeling like hurting yourself uh, just reach out please do that um, so what does the Bible say about suicide and self-harm well, God's the giver of life. Job one twenty one tells us he gives and he takes away. Suicide, the taking of one's own life, can be argued that it's ungodly because it rejects God's gift of life. No man or woman should presume to take God's authority upon themselves to end his or her own life. I, I, I tend to agree with you on here. I'm on I'm on the side, and again, this is... Everything in the end, we, we can all agree on, is it's God's will. We don't know the mind of the person, and, and we're not in a position to judge. But from my stance on it, I, I think suicide is wrong and it's a sin. Um, and here's a couple points, if I can go through them really quickly. So, Please. First thing, that look, God's grace is sufficient. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. Over and over in the scripture, we can see that this is true. David and Goliath, you know, God helping Moses out of all these situations that, that seemed like there were no hope. Um, what you just said, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, who trusts is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So, uh, <clears throat> that's all in the Bible. How did the early church fathers handle this? Do we know? Well, I, we know that there 
we have biblical examples of we do of, of those who were in despair Which, who perhaps wished to commit suicide. Are we talking old law or new law? No, we're t we're talking the first, second, third century. Okay, early do, Christians. Do y'all know new when? Testament. Do y'all know when? The church really started focusing on suicide and condemning it. No. Fourth century with Augustine. The problem was, the reason he did it was because there were so many people going out there. And, I, and hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to say this before I go with this. I'm going to go back to Augustine. I'm not trying to champion suicide. I don't want anybody to think suicide's never the answer. But what I have planned to do is to give hope for those who've lost someone to suicide to think, there's a chance they're in heaven. Okay? This is what this is about. The reason Augustine set aside and started condemning suicide so strongly is because people would try to martyr themselves in the early church. We know Stephen was a martyr. He got stoned to death against his will. But what started happening is the Romans started gathering up people, the Christians, right, and burning them at stake and crucifying them. Well, people would be coming out of the war works when they were doing things like, oh, I'm a Christian too, take me. And it wasn't needed. They was trying to get to be martyred. And really, there's a fine line. Is that martyred or is that suicide? And there's so many people trying to get that done that they had to make finally make a stance in the fourth century. Matter of fact, he would even say that, and I'm not going to get it because there's a story that's pretty rough. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I think it's best I even go there right now. Go for it. But okay, I will. Um, he even said that it is better for a woman to get raped instead of killing herself because it wouldn't be her sin if she was raped, but it would be because a lot of women back in those days, if they were attempted rape, they would try to kill themselves because yeah. instead of being, you know, because they would feel dishonored in the church, you know, and it wouldn't, even though it wasn't their fault, and it's never their fault. This is, you know, he even frowned upon that, saying it's a bigger sin and they wouldn't get into heaven if they did that, just to accept what was coming in this way. I know this is not plight to say. There's no easy way to say that. Well, it's history, too, so yeah. it's not like you made this up. You're just, no, no, it's, it's, it's you're just talking there. about something that was actually part of history. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. And another point with it, there, in my situation, again, there's no, uh, we don't know what God's mind is, like how he's going to judge. And I hope that there is saving, but there comes a point too that, you know, when, when these plights and stuff are happening, you trust in the Lord. Even before St. Augustine, the first, second and third history, suicides were, were probably prevalent. But, you know, God doesn't want our lives to be filled with despair. Uh, he sent his only son to die for us to, to you know, these sins and, and a lot of times like we live in a fallen world and God wants us to put our trust in him um, you know second chronicles 16 9 for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. you have done foolishly in this for from now on you will have wars so people you know put your trust in the Lord but we can't yeah. predict all the stuff that's going to happen to us yeah. I don't I, I feel like you know the, the second part that I, or the third part that i have is you know walking in the spirit if we truly live in the spirit it'll be def very difficult for loneliness and despair to invade our lives uh, there isn't enough room for those things we have the holy spirit working and moving in our lives first john 119 
Walking in the Spirit requires a daily act of surrender and obedience. We must daily confess our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, it goes on to say we must also resist wrong influences, never underestimate the impact of you know television, music, and all this other stuff that we have. We must serve the Lord. Chris, um, let me ask you, you you stimulated some thought there uh, that if we're truly trying to clo grow closer to God, then we don't really have the time or the resources to become depressed. Maybe I'm saying that wrong, but could we also say, based on what you were just telling us, that perhaps would you say that committing suicide is the greatest form of selfishness that a person has? Would you say that taking your own life is putting yourself, it's a, exalting yourself before Christ? I mean, certainly, not, I'm not trying to say killing yourself is exalting yourself, but you're putting your personal self above that of Christ. For, for a black and white answer, um, I'm going to say yes. This it's, is not a, an easy topic. No, guys, it's not. Again, it's it's a gray so, area because, you know, Jeremy and I have talked about this before. Is like I, I believe there's some mental illnesses and stuff like that, that that people go through that, you know, they can't control it. And there's just an issue or you hope, I don't know. But if you believe and you're a Christian, that's why that demographic <clears> that it said like half and half of Christians and non-Christians. But we even have, let's even say that we have a Christian. How many of those Christians actually follow the Bible to a T? And if we're given all of these tools and, and, and all of this hope and trust in God's word, how do, if we follow that, you know, I'm not saying we're not going to be depressed because we all do. I think we all get it. We all go through some darkness. And we time. have examples of that in the Bible. We so. do. People do. I mean, look at, look at Job and, and everything like that. But God gives us the tools if we follow and believe, um, I'm going to read one verse and then I'll do 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That's a good one. I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't I don't care how good a Christian you are. If you've got mental issues and depression sinks so hard, it, it unless you've lived it, I'm not saying you hadn't, uh, it's rough. It, it is over. It's over. It's like a dark cloud over you, hanging over you always. And we could say, oh, if you do this and that, but it ain't true. You bring up a good point it, that if you're if you're suffering from mental illness, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, Chris, that, is, are we saying that that limits God's power? I don't think no, I'm saying I'm that. I'm not saying it limits his power. But yeah. along that line, I'm, I'm going to also say if, you, if you're suffering from mental illness, if we're letting you off the hook for suicide, what about, say, you, you were out of your mind and you killed people? Uh, I know a certain case of a, a person who was clinically diagnosed with mental illness. He was on medication. I'm not going to name names, but a lot of people know of this case. And he killed his parents. But it, by all accounts, he was not in his right mind at the time. And once they got him remedicated, he kind of came his, his old self. So that's a that's a sensitive aspect of this is the mental illness part of it. And that's where I'm coming from. Anybody that takes their life is not in their right mind. I, I just like couldn't see that. it happening. I mean, there's a, guess what? There's always circumstances where it ain't the case. But I'm going to say that the majority, and there's no numbers, there's no way to figure this, that they would not be in their right mind to harm yourself like that. I really do believe that if you're, if, if you, if you've, 
made that decision to take your life, yeah. then then mentally you are not in a good place. Let, let me ask you this. Sure. I'm going I'm to jump ahead to right here. Let me ask you a question. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, so you ever heard anybody's last words that killed themselves? Uh, honestly, Usually no. with, I'm in pain. I just wanted it to end. Okay, let's go something. I I'm just gonna, want to turn this it is, off. This is a little deeper. So we all know somebody that has had a terminal disease and they refused treatment when we were all younger. We won't mention no names. And we know who you're talking about. And they could have lived. But I was told they said they were just tired and pain and they didn't want to go through with it. Is that suicide, Jeremy? Well, it's the definition of suicide. Because if they would have got treatment... They would have extended they their would life. Because here's the fact. At what cost, though? Here's the facts, though. We're all dying. We're yeah, all dying. Agreed. And we're all going to die. It just determines whether... So you can kill yourself either instantly or you can prolong it. If I come up to you and said, Jeff, you got lung cancer, but if you get radiation or chemo... We can okay. we can get rid of it. We got a chance to get rid of it. You can live a regular life the remaining years. Would you say but, also like if I'm obese and I yes. don't lose weight, then I'm taking years off my life? So yes. Am I committing suicide? You can uh, slowly, yes. You're harming yourself. But we're talking about anything that goes against God. Okay, it, for, uh, Chris. Cigarette. Go ahead, Chris. I mean, I I don't. I, I think if you take and don't do the medicine, it's God's will whether you live. I think we're taking out God's will in this plan. I think people are taking this into their own hands instead of not putting enough faith. If if you here, let me ask you this question: If you follow and you're a true Christian and you follow the Bible, mm-hmm. you do everything blindly, follow, you pray, you believe every thing. Do you think you would be in that mindset to kill yourself? Yeah, I do. Do you think that discredits the Bible somewhat? No, because okay. God give us free will. God's not going to sit there and interfere. God's will was. God's going to give you free will. He's going to give you a choice. You can take this medicine and live on. That's your choice. Because nobody ever said, now there's cancer treatment people that's had it where we're like, we've done everything for them we can, and we can't do no more. That's 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 hard. There's nothing that person can do. And I'm not saying anything that's wrong with what they're doing, because we don't look at that as suicide most of the time. When somebody says, I'm not going to take this treatment, and they say it, you know, I've had a couple of people in my life, actually two or three, that actually have refused treatment. And you know what their family told me at the funerals? They were tired and ready to go, which is the same as for somebody that's going through mental distress and thinking about either taking pills or anything else. It's very, it's a fine line we walk. It's right a fine there. line. But I agree. Do you, you see think, what I'm saying? Do you think that the people that pass away, um, the person that you referenced, are diffused? You think that's God's will or their choice that they leave this earth? I think it's their choice. I think God gave. See, God's given us free will. Here's the thing: God's not going to intervene for us like this. That we say He might present us with medication, but it's up to us. That's why God gave us free will. If God didn't give us free will, we would all be robots walking around loving God. That's why we got free will. Your argument of having free will almost adds credence to Chris's point that it's your own free will that you use to take your life. Mm-hmm. I'm just being the advocate. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile this, guys, with 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20? I'm going to read that verse. Right. 
Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, How do you respond to that? I mean, that's where I, I don't, respectively, I, I, I differ in opinion on that. Is with, I agree with that wholeheartedly because we are God's. If we're endued with the Holy Spirit, we are and we follow and are Christian, then I don't believe, I think it contradicts the Bible to say that God's going to allow us or our mind or the Holy Spirit, whatever helps support us to make those decisions. I, I'm i not really landing on one end or the other of this. I don't want to come across as being judgmental about this because there's only one real, one true judge. Absolutely. And as we said at the outset, this is a very complicated topic. That uh, when you read that verse in First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty, uh, we're told that we don't. Yeah, we have free will, but we belong to God. We were bought with a price if we're Christians. And, and we're to glorify God. Uh, then again, I know from experience that sometimes when you're depressed, things don't make sense. No. Things are confusing. And like you said, Jeremy, I want to really stress this. When you're severely depressed, you are in tremendous pain. All you really want to do is turn that off. How many people, guys, do you think self-medicate in any way they can just to try to turn that off? For those of you who have never suffered from depression, um... Get down on your knees and thank God for that. Uh, those of you who have, you understand what we're talking about. And as Jeremy indicated, a lot of people's last words were, I just can't take it no more. I just want to stop. I want this to quit. I can't stop the pain. I, I want to say I hope I so, hope Jeremy's right. With all this said and done, I, I do too. I, I, hope, I, hope, he, I hope he's right. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I, I, hope, I, I hope he's right on this. I just I don't, I don't see it because I'll, I'll tell you that – if we say that there's something out there that is stronger and if we're doing everything we're supposed to in the Bible that's stronger than God's word and what he's promised us, then, then we've got issues. Okay. I, well, I got something for that. Go ahead. This yeah. is my closing argument. Not that we're closing, but I'm going to use this again. I've got, I've got two things here. Um, Matthew 12, 31, 32. This is a quote from Jesus. This is the red letter to say, sure. therefore I say to you, any sin and blaspheme shall be forgiven him, but blaspheme against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. Let me read that again. Please do. Therefore I say to you, any sin and blaspheme shall be forgiven him. And I got another one. Mark, we all know Mark is basically Peter's story. Okay. Okay, this is Mark is Peter's telling of it. Mark wrote it down. It's Mark 3, 28, 29. This is Peter quoting Jesus, which is actually Jesus, but because it's Peter's story, y'all got it. Truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemes they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of eternal sin. But once again, what he said, truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven. And let's just clarify, when we talk about the sin of blasphemy that cannot be forgiven. 
what that essentially means is if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you don't believe in Jesus and his power, you're on ground zero. you got nowhere to go from there. Well, so you're not going to inherit the kingdom of it, God. It speaks in the Bible that it hardens your heart, and this is um, where my, my point's going to go to. It hardens your heart where you never seek repentance. Um, so if you don't seek repentance, you're not going to so, receive it. Yeah, and we're not talking about just and uh, let's, once again, never wish anything bad on anybody. Please no, we can't seek say that help. We never say that enough. That's just is a, is that we're just talking about Christians here, and and, and truth be told, only God knows. You know, there's only one but, true judge. Again. But according right. to Jesus, the Son of God and part of the Godhead, you know, all sins will be forgiven. Because here's the thing: I'm going to tell a little story, and I'm not going to use any names. I'm going to change it up a little bit. Is I knew a person that overdosed. I knew two people that did it deliberately. And one of them was lucky enough to realize that their kids would be the one to find them. And they called 911. Medics made it there before anything happened and they saved her life. The second person, he did the same thing. And he also called 911. But he wasn't as fortunate. In that time, there was regret there. If you did not have regret, they never would have picked up the phone. Right. So you would have seen your error. And we're not talking about because there's many ways to kill yourself. You don't have to be instantly with, you know, something, you know, shot at you. I ain't going to say what it is, but, you know. And uh, there's always ways. If somebody could repent right then and be like, and, and ask forgiveness because sometimes it takes a blow like that to wake you up. Mm. And sometimes it may be too slow. It's kind of like driving down the road and just kind of dozing off, dozing off, and not doing nothing about it and pulling over. And the next thing you know, you hear them little da 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 da, da. <laughs> And then you wake up like, whoa, there. now it's time to wake up. But sometimes yeah. it's too late. Good points. Yeah. Chris, uh, you had something? Yeah, this is, this is where I, I love those verses, and, and they're 100% true. They yeah. couldn't be more accurate. But here comes here comes the, the rebuttal to this is like, do you believe that you have to repent for your sins? Well, well we're yeah. told that we are, but then again, that verse you just read that uh, truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven. Uh, is that if we repent? So if well, we repent, we have, it's just uh, a change of mind. Right. Here's the thing. Like Jeff said earlier, say you're going through the street and you say, I hate that bird. I hate that bird tweeting like that, and then a bus hit you, and you didn't have time. Didn't have time to repent really for that. Not. And we know we're, we're exaggerating bad. there, but, you know, we can't confess every sin because you can't remember them all. That leads to a point. Are we getting into heaven based on our own merits? No, we're not. We're not. I'm going to take a very hard stance on this. So repentance, you said. Repentance is an honest, regretful acknowledgement mm -hmm. of sin. Uh, with commitment to change, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so when we're baptized and we confess Jesus and all this other stuff, do you guys believe at that point that you're forgiven for every sin that you're about to do, whether you confess it or not or change? I've always looked at it like I'm, I'm forgiven of the things I've already done wrong. Right. Future's still in the balance. Yeah. Uh, I still believe in the blood of Jesus Christ that uh, 
that you, he can forgive my sins. And, and we often pray, forgive me of the sins that I've committed and the ones I don't know that I've committed. And, and we, have, we have steps that we do with repentance here. There's, there's sins that I do that, I, that are between me and God, that it doesn't do a reflection on the church, that I can pray and forgive. And then there's sins that we do that if I'm out and about and do something that, that reflects poorly on our church and our congregation, I, I do an, uh, a repentance in front. I, I come above everybody and we pray to repent. So... For me, I don't believe that just because we were baptized, um, just because we're baptized doesn't mean we're forgiven of every sin that we've done. So here's a few that we've done. So Luke 13, 3, there's a, a ton of, of verses about repentance. I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Acts 3.19, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. And when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. One 1 John 1.19, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Acts 3.19, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Two, 2 Peter 3.19, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any of you shall perish, but that all should reach repentance. Um, and, it, and it goes on and on. And, and so... My thing is, is how do you, repentance, if it's forgiveness, and you have to see that it's wrong. So, hell was created for the devil and his angels, right? Initially say, so, okay. Yeah. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then he says to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So, you know, if it was just meant for them, those are the only people in it, and everybody's going to heaven. I don't personally believe that, because... It also says in the Bible, you know, narrow is the way and straight is straight is the gate, narrow is the way. No, I, I don't think that hell was made just simply for the devil and his angels. But I think was, there's a lot of us. It, it was made simply for the demons and the fallen angels and Satan. However, mm -hmm. when man fell, they got kind of invited to the party. Uh, yeah. So well, I guess where I'm going with it, I believe yeah. that as a as a as a Christian, if yeah. I fall away and I don't. Turn yes, my life around and, and repent, then I, I could very well wind it, up there. Exactly. That's what I believe. The the thing that, that sin, what is what does sin do to us as a Christian? It takes us further away from God. Separates us from God. <clears throat> Hell is a punishment for those that are separated from God. So if you, you know, if everything that we're taught in the Bible in these verses that we come to, if you pull do a sin that takes you away, that sin of suicide separates you from God. Okay. Well. Let's, let's see point, here. Let's see what, let's, back, you know, that's backed up with some scripture. Let's see what me? Paul says. I'd like to know. Paul on 8, Romans 8, 33 to 39. Let me find this number here. Who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus, he who died. Yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us, who will separate, separate us from the love of Christ, will tribu tribulation and distress and, and persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, just as it is written. For your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered a sheep to be slaughtered, but in all these things... We overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is from the NASB version. Well, Chris, did you have a yeah, want to I respond mean, to that? Yeah, I mean, I just I go back to the one that when I started, and, and Jeremy and I and Jeff, we've had a lot of conversation on this, and that's what really sparked this this um, devotional or episode tonight is is because of you know the differences of opinions and that, that we had on this. And originally, when I had it, I was like, well, there's only one thing that I need to to say to this is First um, Corinthians ten and thirteen. There hath no temptation taken a hold of you, but as such is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted beyond that which ye are able to bear. But with that temptation will also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear. So for me, that you know, if we sit there and say that there suicide, there's no way out, we completely contradict that verse because he tells us there's always a way out of every situation if we follow the God, follow so, the word. And closing this up and, and wrapping, do you feel like you're going to go to hell if you commit suicide? I, I, I think so. I mean, I hate, I, I don't, uh, here's the ultimate point. We've all said it. I hope not. I, this is just my opinion. God is the one, and I hope I'm not judged for, for saying that. I hope I'm not judging somebody. And, and But, I mean, sin separates us from God, and hell was created for those that separate themselves from God. And that, that's my point. Me? Uh, Jeremy, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, we're going to go to hell if no, we commit suicide. Not necessarily. depends on who you are and if you're a Christian. Once again, I'll go back to Matthew 12, 31, 32. Therefore, I say to you, any sin and blaspheme shall be forgiven him, but the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. I personally think, do you think that children go to hell when they die? No, nope, I don't. Do you think not. special needs people that... That may be thirty or forty years old, but have the mind of a ten-year-old. I don't. Then you got to say mental illness right there. You don't know what's going on in that person's mind at that moment. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, and we're not saying that. You know, don't don't commit suicide. Trust me. I, ho I hope. I don't mean to champion super suicide. I, don't I think only you're it. hope it's for to give relief to people that's lost people from suicide. And and to to piggyback on that the relief that you find is again god you know we may not i saw something today we may not create the situations god definitely doesn't create all the situations that we're put in but in that time he can help us out in those situations if we pray about it and and, and follow and open our hearts to it so anybody that's gone through it takes solace in knowing that god will will help you through it uh in closing we've talked about how in times of distress in our lives uh I firmly believe that if we if we study the Word of God, if we try to draw closer to Him, um, that's going to help us. And, and these are some stats that we, I think that was episode one, we talked about opening our Bibles every day. Uh, here's some quick stats. Four times a week, reading your Bible, statistically it says your feeling of loneliness drops 30%. Again, reading our Bibles four times a week. Anger issues drop by 32%. Bitterness toward others drops by 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. 
feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. The viewing of pornography drops 61%. Uh, sharing materials about the gospel, uh, that will boost our confidence levels 200%. So the point is, guys, uh, if you need help, reach out. Uh, I believe that the, the prayer, studying the Word of God, uh, are, are certainly important. But if you need help, please reach out. And again, we're going to, um, if you're feeling depressed and you got, you know, you're thinking about harming yourself, you can call 1 800 273 8255. The National Hope Line Network, 1 800 Suicide. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, you can dial 988 through Tennessee.gov. There's a crisis line. You can dial 855-CRISIS-1, or you can text TN to 741-741. Guys, this, uh, as we said, it was a very sensitive topic. It was not our intent uh, with anything that we said tonight to offend anyone. Uh, just trying to take an objective and unobjective look at it in some cases. But, uh, again, we know it's very sensitive. Um, should we close out with a prayer? Yes, sir. If you'd bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to thee in prayer tonight, thanking you for this opportunity that you've given us uh, to come together to, to study your word. We thank you for your blessings, Lord, and the spiritual strength, the encouragement that you give us. We please ask you, Lord, to be with those out there who, who are suffering, who are having emotional issues, times of distress in their lives, that they would, that you would bless them, hold your hand over them, comfort them as only you can, Lord, that something would be said that would move them from that, uh, that they'll look to you for strength and encouragement, Lord. We know that all good and great things in this life come from you. We thank you so much for our blessings, Lord. We ask you to also please forgive us of our sins. We know that daily we often say, do, and think things we shouldn't. We often fall short of your glory. We ask you, Lord, that you would please forgive us of our sins and hold those against us no more. And continue to be with us all and to bless us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.